true liberation is having no separation between who you are and what you do. Because when those two worlds collide, you no longer have to fake reality for anyone. And to me, that becomes a very, very, very scary individual for the status quo. We all carry a unique seed of consciousness that wants to sprout in a very specific way. But that is inhibited through all the different cultural conditioning and programs that are set upon us. But I think truly when an individual discovers why they're here, what lights them up, and they can bring that into the world and still fill their own cup through that, then life changes. Real awakening is an inner journey to the self, to knowing yourself. It's just important for people to know themselves. The foundation is self-knowledge. If you run away from that, your life isn't going to be what you want it to be. You have to step out there. You have to get a little uncomfortable and navigate what's going to come up once you do that. And that's the process. That's the self-development process. That's the hero's journey. Welcome to the Staying Free podcast. In this episode, Joel Rafidi returns to the podcast alongside his fellow co-host of the Here for the Truth podcast, Eurasimus. Through the podcast and educational platform, Joel and Eurasimus seek to provide people with the tools, resources, and inspiration to be the best and most authentic version of themselves, according to their highest values, based in truth, and grounded in reality. Personally, I'm a big fan of the Here for the Truth podcast. I think that everyone they bring on that show, they managed to get some really different and unique insights. So I was really glad to be able to get Joel and Eurasimus together on this episode of the Staying Free podcast. If you enjoy the episode, please give it a like and a share on social media. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, make sure you give it a five-star rating in whichever podcast app you're using. If you're new here, welcome. Give the podcast a subscribe for future episodes. If you haven't checked out the Telegram group yet, you can join that at t.me slash stayingfreepod. Please do consider supporting the podcast. You can do that in a few ways. The first is via Bitcoin tips. The second is via Buy Me A Coffee, where you can give a one-off donation or join one of the three tiers of membership starting at just £1 a month. And the third is by listening to the podcast on the Fountain app, which will allow you to stream stats as you listen. Links to all those can be found in the description. Thank you to everyone who's already donated and supported the podcast in other ways. Your tips and donations and stream stats are all hugely appreciated, and it's going a huge way to help support the cost of running the show. All right, on to the episode. Joel and Eurasimus, really great to uh, to have you both on the podcast. Um, welcome. Joel, you've been here before. We've already had a conversation. I think it's been a while. Uh, Eurasimus, you're new here. So um, welcome. How, how are you guys both doing? Doing well, man. Um, excited to be here. It's nine o'clock in the morning in California. And uh, yeah, it's nice to meet you, man. Thanks for having having me, having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're both, you're both absolutely welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, Joel, I... I don't know if you've been been keeping up with the pod, but I, I talk about the conversation that we had a lot. Uh, some of those ideas that you kind of planted in my mind from that conversation that we first had uh, have definitely stuck with me. So, uh, you know, it'd be good to elaborate on some of, some of that stuff. But first of all, I guess since you're new here, Eurasmus, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a, a backstory as to yourself? Oh, a little backstory. Well, I'll try to keep this as, as short as possible. This can be a long story, but um, and let me know if my, my Internet's working for you clearly. Um, listen, man, I've always been a curious person. I've always wanted to, to figure out what's happened in the world. Um, you know, I grew up to Greek parents. I'm first generation, uh, Greek American born and raised in New Jersey. Um, 
Yeah, man, I kind of followed a little kind of more straight and narrow path in the beginning, went to school, did what I had to do, got the grades, went to college, got the job post-college for a couple of years. And then, you know, in my early tw- 20s, I realized this wasn't the path. I wanted to embark on a more alternative journey and really figure out who I was, why I was the way I was and, uh, you know, what my passions and my my purpose was and give that into the world. And um you know, it's been a, a long and windy journey that's taken me a lot of places, traveling all around the world, learning with different teachers, a lot of self-education in a diverse um, arena of fields, um, you know, acting, psychology, um, body work, somatic work, nervous system health. And, um, you know, I just I really, really love seeing people know who they are and and live the life that they were meant to live. We get conditioned by society, we get conditioned by family that take us away from that that path, that authenticity within. And, you know, um, I didn't want that for me. And obviously I want that for others. In terms of in terms of like living their truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that was a that was a, a great intro to yourself. Joel, I know that people will be kind of somewhat familiar with you from our last episode. If people haven't listened to that episode with, with Joel before. Um, go and check it out. It's a really great episode. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good place to start, perhaps even a primer before this one. But Joel, do you want to just give a little little brief introduction to yourself as well for those who haven't heard that episode? Yeah, sure, man. Um, that, was, that was a great episode, by the way. It was number seven, I think, on your podcast, which was a great number yeah, as well. that's right. Um, uh, yeah, for those that don't know, my name is Joel Rafidi. Um, I'm also first generation. My parents, my dad's actually Palestinian. I was born in Australia. Um, I was actually raised as a Jehovah's Witness out of all that as well. So a huge melting pot of different cultural programming and conditioning, which I had to work through. Um, to some extent, I've always felt like, you know, the black sheep, the rebel. Um, and uh, I always just had carried this huge resistance to things which just didn't excite me, which didn't inspire me. Um, and it was very, very difficult for, you know, my parents and teachers along the way to to try and control control me and kind of beat that out of me, um, and uh, you know I was totally conditioned for most of my life that I'm simply going to inherit a family business and that was a straight and narrow path that I was gonna I was gonna walk on, um, but you know, fate would have it that um, you know I would have have the courage and the will to forge my own path and you know be able to create a sustainable career doing things that really light me up for the longest time all I wanted to do was make hip-hop I wanted to be a rapper and I tried that for a very long time you know I've had varying degrees of success in that um, but you know when I realized that that wasn't going to provide me with you know the financial stability that I required now having a family um, you know I was able to continue to make authentic decisions walk an authentic path I spoke out um, pretty radically during the 2020 era and I was able to meet someone like Erasmus and pretty much we, we connected. And the second time that we ever spoke over Zoom, we decided to record a podcast. And that was episode one of our podcast, Tea for the Truth podcast. And I've pretty much connected with this guy every single day uh, since then. We're now over 110 episodes later. We built a group coaching program. We have a membership. And I'm, I'm able to do what I love day in, day out, you know. And I think that you know, true liberation is having no separation between who you are and what you do. Because when those two worlds collide, you no longer have to fake reality for anyone. And to me, that becomes a very, very, very scary individual for the status quo. 
and uh, you know then people can truly live organically they can truly fruition into who they were born to be because on the deepest level my ethos is that we're all unique individuals beyond anything else we all carry a unique seed of consciousness that wants to sprout in a very specific way but that is inhibited through all the different cultural conditioning and programs that are set upon us but i think truly when an individual discovers why they're here what lights them up um and you know they can bring that into the world and still fill their own cup through that then life changes and to me that's what life's about that's what i try to give to myself and that's pretty much what our entire podcast is about and what we try to um you know inspire in others as well wow nice joel you you're already uh, bringing out the punches really early so uh, <laughs> i love it um, yeah, I, I, I really like you, you guys' uh, podcast. Actually, when I first spoke to you, Joel, um, I didn't know that you had a podcast. Like when we when we had that last, last conversation, you know, I I just literally seen you put a few kind of insightful tweets out, and I thought, oh, I should speak to this guy. And I had no idea that you had this podcast. But since then, um, you know, I've kind of like listened to you and the, and the podcast, and you know, both you guys on there, and it's genuinely a really, really awesome podcast. Like, I really mean that, you know, you have a way, both of you, of kind of, I mean, it's called Here for the Truth podcast, and you really do have a way of getting to the truth of matters. Like, you interview people in a way, you know, because sometimes what I do is if I'm interested in a person, I'll go and listen to a podcast of them, I'll search them out, and I'll listen to a bunch of different podcasts. And when you've interviewed someone, like and you did uh, Robert Breedlove recently, mm-hmm. uh, James Corbett was a great interview, uh, Andrew Kaufman, but for all of those people, every other podcast I've heard of these guys was similar. You know, you get similar content, they're asking similar questions, they want the same talking points. You guys seem to go in there and just go, what's underneath everything? Like, what's underneath this person? I'm going to dig down and really kind of get to the core of what it, you know, of what they're about and what their philosophy is about. And, you know, it's an awesome podcast. So, you know, like, congrats to you both for, for yeah. having such a great pod. Like, it, you know, I, I, it's definitely inspired me. Thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. And uh, it's so great to receive that feedback because we've actually received that feedback often, especially in regards to people who have been on so many podcasts that go, you know, I I learned things about this person on your podcast that I I never heard before. And I've listened to all their podcasts. So, you know, I mean, we, we try to just allow things to flow. We don't really show up to the podcast with a list of 20 questions and we just ultimately initially want to get to know the person and, and what drove them to be who they are and what was their personal hero's journey, major rites of passage. And that's, that seems to be how we start things off. And then we go from there. Yeah. Our, our focus is always more on the internal than the external, you know, like, and this kind of like where our conversation initially went as well. It's like, it's easy, like, but the, 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 the external, it's like a blanket, you know, everyone, everyone's feeding into the same kind of branches when it comes to simply discussing the internal, but what are the internal mechanisms that drive a person to walk the path that they're walking? You know, what's happening in their internal psychology and do they even question it? You know, so it's good to be able to be in that position to even pose those questions to individuals and, you know, have, give them the opportunity to self-reflect because ultimately, man, like the, the unconscious psychology is what's driving everything that we're witnessing out here you know that's the primordial ground which everything else is born from everything out here isn't happening randomly it's happening because seeds have been sowed in the collective unconscious and in the individual unconscious and so really by tending to those seeds and understanding those seeds we can understand reality a lot more and you know that's that's where my interest is for sure yeah yeah totally yeah sorry sorry you're gonna jump yeah in? i was just gonna say and also too i think it's very easy for people 
in in the public to look at certain individuals and and project all these things onto them. And very often when you hear a person's story and what they've been through and what they've overcome, it lends this inspiring element to it where it's like, I think sometimes people like look at people that like have quote unquote made it and they're like, oh, well, they just, they're just better. They, they've made it. They're, it's easier for them. And it's like, no, nah, man, like so many people have been through like crazy experiences, you know, of pain, of suffering, of trauma, of things they needed to overcome. And I just think this that story like witnessing someone that you respect and knowing that they've been through it it, it inspires you it inspires you. you know what i've been through some shit and i can take ownership of my life and i can rise above and overcome these obstacles and 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 be even more than i am now and i and i think that's something that we just enjoy exploring yeah 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 totally and you know when we had our last conversation Joel i think that and up until that point probably most of my conversations have been really driving into I guess much more of like a political situation rather than a psychological rather than psychological. And then when we had that chat and, you know, we were talking about, I'm trying to remember the name of the episode, COVID-19 was a collective rite of passage, I think it was. Yeah. That's and, right. you know, you kind of opened my mind to this idea that like this whole thing, rather than looking at it from the, you know, from the symptoms, looking at this phenomenon as like, okay, well, you know, what tyranny is happening and how do we fight against this and what's the government doing? It was like, get underneath all of that and kind of look at what's the what's the psychology of you know or what's the the state of consciousness of the world right and like how does that lead to these things like what is it that's happening on an individual level and how is it being mirrored on a collective level and stuff and yeah i mean at the time that conversation seemed to me i was like wow we seriously went down some rabbit holes but since then i've definitely kind of like you know thought a lot about it and and i think i'm looking at things a bit more from that well not a bit more like a lot more from that angle honestly like i think that like a lot of my recent conversations have just been like okay how do we um how do we get the individual elevated to a point where this stuff just doesn't happen like forget about you know forget about politics forget about government for a minute how do we elevate the individual to a point where this doesn't even become part of the paradigm right like yeah i think that's how i'm looking at things now I, I I love a man, and I'm so glad that you know I was able to you know help help plant those seeds, and that's that's what it's about. How does how does the individual remove all their codependency patterns with with tyranny and with authority? And when an individual has truly exalted themselves, you know from from those from those ties, then that's someone who's no longer dependent on authority. That's someone who's no longer dependent on the government, and that's the only person who can actually inspire anyone else to to do the same thing and walk the same path. So yeah, it's it's one thing to keep you know proposing these collective ideologies of how we can you know do things together to to save ourselves you know as as a group, but what's happening in your own home? What's happening with your closest friendship circles, with your closest family members? Do you truly have freedom in those scenarios? Because if you don't have freedom with the garden that's in the closest proximity to you, how the hell do you think that you're going to guide anyone else to freedom on any kind of macro level? You know. And let alone, let's get, let's get even closer in, even before it comes to friends and family. What's your relationship with freedom within yourself? What's your relationship with tyranny within yourself? That's where it begins. Well, that's a good one then. So what do you think the relationship that most people have with freedom or with tyranny is like on a, on a general level? I think most people have been highly conditioned um, with the very insidious concepts of collectivism and altruism, which would have them behave in a state of self-contradictory self-contradictory behaviors within themselves. 
I think most people lead their lives based on not seeing their fears come to fruition in reality. I think most people live their lives and make decisions based upon where they're not going to experience guilt or shame. And I think guilt, shame and resentment are the primary drivers for the way in which most people lead their lives. Um, and, you know, this is intergenerational, this is ancestral, you know, do it for the family, you're your brother's keeper, we are all one, even the new age, unity consciousness, etc., etc., etc. Every single person believes that the highest code of morality is what I can do for someone else, is what I can do for my neighbor, my family, my brother, my family, my mom, my dog, whatever it might be. But that leads to these, that, that, that's the electric fence which keeps the herd in place. Because now all of a sudden, every single action people make is motivated by favors. It's motivated by what someone else owes me because I've done something for them. And so, you know, nothing great can be born out of resentment, guilt, shame, and obligation. So I think until individuals are able to extricate themselves from that and truly fill their own cup as an individual, then it's only that person that can actually give to society, that can actually help and uplift and inspire a community, right? Because they're not lacking. They're not giving dregs. They're not giving from, you know, the, the, the bottom of the cup. They're giving from the overflow. And that's... Ultimately, that's what the true essence of capitalism is. So we can actually bring capitalism to, to one's inner psychology as well, right? It's only by providing value to myself truly that I can allow value to flourish all around me. So the majority of people are in an inner psychological state of socialism. They feel guilty simply for the fact that they live which is what socialism is. And that's what needs to be unwound. Okay, yeah, there's a, there's a lot I want to go into there. Just jumping back to something that you, that you said um, at the beginning there, which was the word altruism. And I want to kind of dive into this because, yeah. um, you know, I think that all of us here, we're probably, you know, quite, um, you know, we're fans of like Ayn Rand and stuff. And, you know, like we've, we've kind of like looked into the nature of altruism and, and kind of like, thought about that you know quite hard mm -hmm. but even me now having been exposed to ideas of Ayn Rand and objectivism and stuff I still I still see the word altruism and when people talk about altruism in a negative light there's still a part of me that kind of fires like oh wait a second altruism is is, is always a great thing and it should always be you know of the highest pursuit altruism you know is the thing that we should be all aiming for so I just want to get your guys take on on altruism generally as a, as a concept because you know you talk about it there quite negatively Joel so yeah um, I just want to think I just want to try and understand what you what you think about the nature of okay. altruism. so what's what's the psychological concept of altruism when you think about the word like there's the, the the general symptoms if you don't understand you know objectivism Ayn Rand you know etc cetera, etc cetera. you think when you think altruism you think benevolence you think kindness you think compassion right now people who are truly living an altruistic life in my experience and from my observations of reality they are the least benevolent, the least kind, the least compassionate. The most benevolent, the most kind, the most compassionate people, in my opinion, are those who actually lead their lives by giving to themselves first, by filling their own cup, by managing their reality, by cleaning their psyche, by cleaning their house, by providing true value. Because let's bring this back to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The, the, the base level is safety and security. 
If someone hasn't provided themselves with safety and security, how the hell are they going to provide anyone else with anything? How are they going to give kindness, give compassion, give self-esteem give, give self to anyone? They, they, there's no way they possibly can. So sure, altruism is great, but to me, it's not, it's not a symptom of altruistic behaviors. It's actually a symptom of giving to oneself first, of living, moving, breathing in one's self-interest. Every single organism on this planet, the ultimate goal of it is, is to grow, is to evolve. Life begets life. And altruism is life begets death. It's like, how can I be less of myself to receive more? And simply, that does not lead to the symptoms that we think altruism correlates with, which is benevolence, kindness, compassion. Yeah, and I think on top of that, too, is I think it's a game of semantics also, where I think people are using the term altruism when they're really meaning kindness, benevolence. I think when really people get to the point of understanding what that word means deeply, um, I think they may you know, cease to use that word as often. That's That's my thought around that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm kind of coming to here is like maybe what most people think the opposite of altruism is is selfishness, and actually, is selfishness really the the opposite of altruism? I mean, ju- just to kind of play play devil's advocate a little bit here, mm-hmm. you know, could you say that let's you know you say about kind of filling your own cup and you know someone who who um, kind of puts themselves first, et cetera, and, and kind of like sees to their own needs before other people. I mean, I would probably add in a caveat there that that still has to be in, a, in alignment with natural law because I would say that if you're a person who does that but then you, you violate someone else's rights in some way, um, you, know, that, you could still put that under the umbrella of I'm, doing, I'm, you know, I'm seeing to my needs first, et cetera. But if that person is stealing from someone else or, the, or they're cheating someone else or, or lying to someone else, then I would say, well, that makes them an immoral person. So I, I would probably put the caveat in there and say, you don't necessarily have to be altruistic as long as you respect other people's natural law rights. Well, yeah, there's a difference between, you know, being an asshole and a cheat and being ethically selfish or rationally selfish. You know, you're not trying to take from anyone. Uh, there's just there's just a difference in that regard. In my opinion, Joel, you can add to that if you want. For sure. For, I mean, for, 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 the, for, the, for the true individual, it's not in one's rational self-interest to harm someone else because they understand that they're only harming themselves in doing so, you know? So I think it's about reclaiming the language as well. You know, with selfishness has all of a sudden been correlated with corruption, with violence, with encroaching on others, you know? But mm-hmm. what's the definition of, self, of selfishness? It's simply to act in one's own self-interest, Okay which means simply, I value my life. And isn't the valuance of life, isn't that the essence of natural law? Isn't that the way that every single natural thing in this system operates? Does the lion think twice about eating? Does the plant think twice about growing towards the sun or finding deeper, more nourishing, fertile soil? No, it's only us human beings who can act against our own interests, who can think against our own interests. Because we've been conditioned that human slaves, human human beings are the dirtiest species. You know, we've been conditioned to hate ourselves through so much conditioning, so much programming. And that's why, we, that's why we're seeing everything that we're seeing. And I'm saying, hang on a minute. You are the, you, at, at the end of the day, you were the ultimate expression of consciousness. You were the ultimate expression of this universe. You alone have volitional consciousness. You alone have an imagination. You alone have creative faculties. Where's the value for that? So 
something you, you said there, Joel, um, which I think is is a subtle point, but it's kind of key to all this, is that you said someone who um, is, you know, acting in a way that is violating other people's rights, etc. you know, those points that I mentioned, that they're doing that to themselves. Now, I'm not sure that most people would would recognize that. I think that's kind of a deep point that, like, if you steal from someone else, you're stealing from yourself. If you harm someone else, you're harming yourself. So maybe you can go into that a little bit because I think that, that probably is going to be the key to making that distinction between someone thinking that, you know, being being selfish is being immoral or that, you know, because what you're essentially saying is that even if you don't harm someone else and even if you don't take from someone else, that's still a selfish act because you are, you are um, in, in some way that is... Uh, still good for your own um, individual nature in some way. Do, do, you see, do you see what I'm getting at here? Like I think that some people might say, well, if you can steal from someone and it's going to have no impact on, on you, if no one's going to ever know about it or if you can kill someone and get away with it, then that's a selfish act. But actually, like, but that, it, that, it that, might that, be self. Yeah, that, that person has, has no idea about how the unconscious operates. You know? Okay, yeah, that's what I want to go into with you. I want, I want you to, I want you to go into that a little bit because I, I think that we need to make a distinction between, like, okay, if you are doing something that most people say, oh, well, that's that's selfish, and actually doing an act which ultimately ends up harming the individual. Um, you think that you're stealing from someone and getting away with it, but actually, it, it ultimately all, always comes back to you. You know, I, I kind of want to go into that karmic effect there. Yeah, well, if 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 the tenets of freedom is what allows me to create value and then to fill my own cup. And to, and to be a living, creative, imagining human being, then why the hell would I ever compromise the tenets of freedom for anyone else? Mm-hmm. That, 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 that is the foundation of why I'm able to act in my own interest, why I'm able to experience the magic of being a living human being. That's what I value above anything else. If there should be statues, monuments, or odes to anything, it's, it's to freedom. Because that's what allows us to live. That's what allows us to experience so for the truly rationally selfish individual who understands that, they would never think about compromising that for another individual because that's when they begin to restrict, inhibit their own opportunity to, to experience freedom, you know? So I think for, for, for the person who thinks true selfishness is robbing, stealing, violating, then, you know, it's, it's, it's completely misconstrued. Um, and I don't know, if, if, if that answers it, that's, that's my answer. Yeah, yeah, it definitely no. answers it. Yeah, it definitely answers it. I think that that's definitely something that I have. I think it takes a lot of thinking about to to, to decondition yourself, and you know, even myself, kind of being very like, you know, libertarian and agreeing with like pretty pretty much, you know, like Rothbardian libertarian, like almost as far as you you go in that sense. And then when I read Ayn Rand, it's still for me like opened another door into into all this stuff i was just like oh wow like i thought that i understood um human action in in a way but actually you read that and it's like it definitely articulates very well obviously it's in like a a fictional like form but it articulates really well how actually in that book many of the supposedly um unselfish people or altruistic or whatever people they're actually the villains you know and you can see the effect that that actually has on people because they don't value uh, they don't value elevating the self um so yeah if people haven't read they're, Rand, go and read they're, they're the people who carry the most shadows the most demons right they're they have the yeah. most unhygienic psychologies that's it yeah yeah that's it yeah so speaking of speaking of freedom um you're in mexico now joel uh, i know we like discussed it slightly bef- before this but um I just want to go a, a little bit back because mm-hmm. last time we we spoke, you were in you were in Australia. 
Yep. And you were fighting these COVID fines and stuff. So do you mind giving like a, just a little bit of the story of your, your journey to more freedom that's happened recently? Because I think it's pretty, you know, it's pretty topical. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, so, you know, like, like we mentioned briefly in the, in, the, in the other episode, like 2020 came around and I felt like there was a timeline split going on. You know, people had the choice then and there to either, you know, walk a path of deeper authenticity, set proper boundaries, refuse to compromise the truth, or some people went, you know, full, full inauthenticity and whatever, just have me. And that was a big acceleration for me and my personal journey. And I began to speak out, to speak out, you know, pretty intensely. Um, I spoke and performed at many of the major freedom rallies in Australia, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and I became quite a notorious, I guess, public figure in the freedom community and, and in that domain. And in being so, and in being who I am, I received. Um, total of three fines for not complying with the Australian public health order, amounting to $3,000, one for not wearing a mask, one for attending a protest, and one simply for having a picnic in the park with my family at a time when I was only meant to be exercising in my one hour allowed out, um, which is pretty crazy to think that that even happened only a year and a half ago, but yeah, it did. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a major rite of passage for me as well, man, receiving those fines because... You know, it's like, what, 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 what do you do here? If, you, if I just paid them, I'd feel absolutely t terrible about myself. If I paid a lawyer to defend me, I'd feel even worse about myself. Like, I shouldn't even be receiving these fines in the first place. So I went down the path of, you know, learning the law a little bit myself. I chose to self-represent myself in all three instances. I looked under the rug of, you know, whether there was any real legal basis for what was taking place. And yeah, man, on three or three separate occasions, I self-represented myself and I won on, in, in, in each of those instances. Um, Amazing. And that was an incredible experience uh, for me. You know, it was very, very rewarding, a very rewarding journey. And also one of the things I learned in through that process too is that like not everyone is corrupt. Not all judges are corrupt. You know, I, I sat in front of some very moral, you know, high-value magistrates um, who were willing, open-minded to see both sides of the story and really understand the facts of what's going on. Um, so I think that's something that's, that was a big takeaway for me as well. Like so often within these circles, we can think, oh, everyone's corrupt, everyone's, you know, everyone's taken, everyone's controlled within the system. In my experience in Australian court, it wasn't the case. And uh, yeah, man, through the opportunities that we created through the podcast, through meeting Erasmus, through building the business that we did with our group coaching program, um, I was able to, you know, develop location freedom and, uh, you know, I, do I, did I still want to be in Australia? You know, despite that, all of that had settled down by the time I left, you know, I knew how quickly things could turn. I knew it wasn't, wasn't going to forget how intense things really did get. So I decided to make the decision to, like you, move to, move, move to Mexico. So we have a temporary visa here now. We've been here for three months. We're just enjoying the journey of exploring and, you know, finding the places that feel good and finding a place where we feel like we want to settle for a longer term um, kind of stay. And I'm loving it, man. Like just the energetic density is so much lighter here. You know, and I think it's simply by virtue and fact of how less regulated and how much less red tape there is. You know, people aren't stretched here. You know, people seem, they seem happy to be alive, you know, as opposed to Australia where... Everyone is just constantly, you know, under massive burdens, just trying to keep themselves afloat um, in, in, in so many different ways. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm still on the journey, but that's my experience so far and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, it's great, 
you know, to have like new new kind of people come out here to Mexico. I mean, you know, when I came, I know a couple of people who who have come since, and I, you know, there's a couple of people who who I knew of who had come before, and yeah, it's, it's it's like now I kind of know like different people from different parts of the country who are all kind of you know here for freedom basically, and yeah, it just makes me really bullish on Mexico. You know, I, I think that the more people that that come here, the more gravity there is towards actually like freedom loving people and. Um, yeah, it's nice for it to kind of become a bit of a, a bit of a hub. So, by the way, um, how did you guys actually? You both mentioned, um, you know, like having kind of got together for the podcast and having these conversations. How did you guys actually get in touch with each other? How did that all emerge? We showed up in each other's dreams. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was my my wife and I were interviewed on the Unslaved podcast uh, with Michael Tazarian and David Whitehead in March 2020. And uh, May 2020, uh, we were exploring like, the whole concept of awakening somatic intelligence and other subjects related. And uh, Michael and David are two individuals that had a huge impact on my life. Um, Joel saw those episodes as they're both, you know, teachers to him as well. And he reached out to me on Instagram and I saw a, a request, a message request in the top right that shows up uh, when you don't follow someone, you're not connected to someone. And I... I read it and I was like, who's this dude in Australia that seems really cool, is into conscious hip hop, was involved with the Sydney Freedom community. And we had a back and forth dialogue with messages, maybe a month of messages, you know, a few weeks. And we met once on Zoom, like he said earlier, just to connect. And then our second our second time on Zoom, we pressed record and we we recorded our first episode, which was Walking the Authentic Path. And it was just a couple of dudes talking about their journey and, you know, the road that we've taken to, you know, being who we are in that moment. And then from then it just evolved and we just, we recorded a second one and then we're like, let's have some people on. And then we started reaching out to, to guests and it, it blows my mind. Um, here we are a little bit over two years since we first met on Instagram and we've never met in person though that will change in 11 days as uh, my wife and I will be heading to Mazatlan to see Joel and his family. So looking forward to the first meeting. Yeah. In the that flesh. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah, it sounds um, very, what's the word? Synchronous, you know? Yeah, incredible. sure. Yeah, like that, yeah. that all happens. It's, it's yeah. just, it's incredible because we, I think we share so many values and to meet someone on the other side of the world, you know, we're both first generation. We both had, you know, in some ways, similar upbringings and similar interests. And, you know, he's a brother to me. Uh, I love him and I respect him so much. And, um, you know, he's had a huge impact on my life and to be able to connect, uh, to laugh. Like we have fun. We talk shit. Like we're homies. You know what I mean? It's not just like, okay, it's nine o'clock. Let's get on the computer and start working. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it, it's easy and it flows. And I think, uh, you know, we, we complement each other well. And so, um, it really is like, it feels like a once in a, a lifetime partnership and we just keep showing up and that's part of it. We show up, we meet, we tweak, we're always evolving. Imperfect action is the name of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been great. It's been great. And I'm excited to see where, where things go from here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Like just how many of these connections have been made through this time. Like, you know, definitely 
for me, everything that happened in 2020 was, I, I think for a lot of people, it was just like a, a shock that needed to happen for a lot of people. But in many different ways, it's expressed in many different ways. You know, I know we talked about a few of them, Joel, in our last conversation, you know, like maybe some people are like, you know, maybe they're in a, a shitty marriage that they need to face that. And, you know, that's, you know, this presented an opportunity to face it or whatever. But also I think that for for me, it made me kind of realize like the kind of people that I want in my community. It made me think I need to be more intentional about that. I, you know, I I want people who kind of, who kind of get it and who kind of see it and who, who don't just go along and, you know, go along to get along kind of thing that people who actually say, no, like if something's wrong, I'm going to speak out about it. And definitely since starting my podcast, it wasn't even one of the reasons I, that I did it. You know, it wasn't, I didn't go into that intentionally thinking, okay, I want to, you know, meet people who are just like, I want to have a few interesting conversations. But through that, I've definitely like, you know, now I have just, you know, a bunch of people who are very like close friends, you know, who, you know, like you guys, I've never even met them. Um, you know, but we've become close through this, through this whole, whole time. And it's great to see people kind of emerging and kind of finding their voice who, you know, maybe were a little bit, maybe were a bit, a little bit lost before, you know, they, they kind of knew they had the spirit, they had the, the, the right intention, but they didn't necessarily have the outlet. And I feel like after 2020, you know, like for me personally, I, I looked at that and I was like, I can't, stay quiet I can't just I need an outlet for my frustration about what I'm seeing in the world right and I think a lot of people kind of felt that it was it was uh, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back it was like okay this has happened now we can't sit around and just you know hope that things aren't going to get worse like things are getting bad um and now this whole community has sprung up and people are finding their voice in like all of these different ways. You know, you've got, you've found your podcast, I've found my podcast for the people. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's finding artwork or making music or whatever it is. And I feel like there's this kind of oasis now in this, like in this desert of just bullshit of kind of, you know, the old world, there's this oasis, which now seems to have kind of got a, I don't know. It's, it's almost like reaching escape velocity. I think, you know, it's gulch, getting gulch, gulch. to the, yeah. yeah, and, and I'm yeah, and I mean, I'm wondering what you guys think of that. You know, generally, like where we're at in the, in this freedom movement and and where things are going. Like, are you are you kind of bullish like I am? I am, even though obviously there's some bad things happening in the world. I'm sure there's still some obstacles. Do you also sense that there is this this unstoppable change going on? Yeah, I think what 2020 forced people to really focus on is what do you value. What do you truly value in your life? Because there was this complacency, I think, that was going on with a lot of things. But when an event like this that's global, that gets thrown right in your face, and you're seeing things in a certain way, um, you have to, you know, you have to take a stand. And so I've said this often, I think the last few years of, of in the world of my life have been some of the best. And I'm so grateful for the people I met. And um, it's just important for people to know themselves. The foundation is self-knowledge. If you run away from that, your life isn't going to be what you want it to be. If you're just focused on the external. Now, again, we were forced to kind of figure out, oh, what's happening? What's going on in the world? And you know, that's part of the journey. But right now, when you talk about the truth movement, et cetera, et cetera, if you're not focused on who you are and what you what you are, what you're about, what your gifts are and what you want to bring into the world. You're just getting sucked down more and more rabbit holes. So I'm an optimist. Ultimately, I'm I like to say I'm like a optimist realist. You know, I don't want to stick my set my head in the sand and spiritually bypass. Like, yes, there are things that are happening in the world, but how much of that is in my control? Really? 
Like how much of that when we when we look up into the sky and we see what's happening in the news and and what people are talking about, like a lot of that's not in my control. But what's in my control is looking in the mirror and being like, you're awesome. I was how can you be a better man? How can you be a better husband? How can you do greater work in the world? How can how can you know yourself on the deepest levels and be honest with yourself and really look in and go, listen, where are you bullshitting yourself? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, where are you really bullshitting yourself? You had like, again, another uh, impact that this 2020 had was like, where are you bullshitting yourself? You have to get real. And I think the people that are getting more and more real with themselves, they're seeing the fruits of that. I've met so many beautiful, amazing people. Amazing. Like some of the people in the last few years, I consider my, my closest friends. And I had I had people in my past that I'm still connected with. You know, when you start going down conspiracy rabbit holes and independent research, you know, in the mid 2000s, you know, you you have your crew, you have your friends. So I was very fortunate that I wasn't like on an island completely. That being said, it was amazing, obviously, meeting Joel and all these other people that we've connected with. And so, I mean, I don't I don't think you need to stick your head completely in the sand. It's important to know what's happening and to educate yourself. But what are you doing in the 24 hours that exist in a day? You know, how are you moving yourself closer towards being healthier, fitter, um, more, uh, more intelligent, more fulfilled? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it seems it's like there's never been a time where authenticity has a higher return on investment. You know, and I think that was kind of catalyzed in in 2020 and personally like i am grateful beyond the words for what took place in 2020 because i know my psychological reality before then and you know i was about to succumb to a life half lived you know i didn't know my my authentic path really hadn't opened up the way it did because of what took place in 2020 And if I can look at myself and my personal journey as, you know, as a small microsm of what's happening on a a, a collective reality, um, then I know that that is happening and those opportunities are available and were available for other people too. And uh, like, I didn't think this was possible, man. I I, I know the conversations I was having with myself pre-2020, you know, I thought I was going to live my life working in a family business getting the mortgage in Sydney, you know, always squashing my dreams to appease other people. But, you know, through those events, which catalyzed the core strength within me to put one foot in front of the other continuously, to refuse to compromise, to refuse to tolerate lies within and without, that's what was fortified, you know, the refusal to tolerate lies. And that has just opened up so many opportunities in tangent with my own conscious actions that I could never have dreamed of otherwise. So I don't think any of this is going away. You're never going to put all these people in the dark room and say, eh, no, 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 we can't hear you, we can't see you, right? Like, this is just the very beginning. And it's, it's unknown. We're charting brand new territory. But to me, the strongest foundations, the other foundations of integrity and of, of, and of authenticity, and that's what's being formed. And I, this... To me, this is just a tree and an oak that's going to continue to sprout and grow. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really great point as well about you know the refusal to tolerate lies. I think that that um, for me is at the core of of 
kind of what um, ignited this journey for me. It was seeing everything happen there and seeing so many people get sucked in by this lie. And I, I'm just, sometimes I wonder, like, do people, like, know on a on some level that it is a lie, but they just recognize that it's easier to go along with the lie? Or did everyone genuinely believe it? You know, I think that a lot of people actually, they, they sensed there was a lie there, but they thought, you know what, facing up to that lie is actually going to make me ask so many questions about the world and my place within it that I'm not willing to go there. I'm not willing to do the work. Like it's too much. So I'm going to kind of like, I'm going to stay here. And, you know, I definitely felt like during that time, I was like, I, I cannot, I, I cannot let this lie go. And maybe it's something that's always been within me, but you know, nothing had ever kind of, you know, pushed me beyond the line. Essentially, nothing had ever been been such an assault on my freedoms that I'd felt the necessity to say, I'm going to really, you know, go against this, you know. But but with this, I was like, I'm never going to comply, even if everyone I know, even if every single one of my one of my friends and, and my family, even if they they all are going to go along with everything and. I, they, I, I still would have said no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna resist it. You know, even if I'm the only one, even if I, even if I have to to lose friendships over, etc. Um, you know, thankfully, I didn't, I didn't um, really lose any friendships. You know, I had like some some issues there, but like I would say that I, compared to a lot of people, I've heard people breaking up marriages and stuff. You know, my my journey was it didn't have that many casualties. But to go back to the original point, yeah, it was that ref, it was that refusal to tolerate lies. And I think that once you make that. Um, connection in one area of your life you start looking at everything through that lens in other areas of your life right so like you look at this big event and you say i'm will i'm unwilling to accept this kind of macro lie this thing that's going on on this macro level and then it feeds through to to everything in your being and you stop accepting the little lies in your life you stop accept you stop lying to yourselves about your relationship you stop lying to yourself uh you know about maybe it's where you live and and whether that's the place that you should be living you know maybe it's what work you're doing or or whatever and you stop lying about those little things. And then just like yourself, Joel, like, you know, I, I felt like in my ind- individual life, so many um, things have happened that have been really, really good for me, you know, like I, that have pushed me in a much, much more authentic path. And it's because I think I took that attitude, you know, not necessarily attitude, but I guess that, um, that aspect of me of, of not tolerating lives. And I just started applying that universally. You know, I'd done it in this big area and then it's, and then it felt much more easy to do it in the smaller areas of my life. And then that elevates you as a person. Right. And and I think that's a journey a lot of people are going on. And like you said, once, once individuals, um, you know, once they, they elevate themselves, the whole society can kind of, you know, we can, we can expand consciousness of, of people in society generally. And, you know, we can move the direction. We can kind of like move the needle, you know, but it takes that individual, um, the individual uh, change to happen, you know? And so again, that goes back to the, 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 the context of our last conversation, COVID-19 being a rite of passage. It's like this event had an equal and opposite reaction, you know? And I think that we're seeing the results of it now. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, on, you're, on, the, you're on the money big time, man, for sure. And, th- and this is the thing, like we've got a podcast called Here for the Truth. So one question people always ask us is, what's the truth, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, the real question is, what's not truth? Because that's, that's actually properly answerable, okay? And by adopting that philosophy and keeping that question in mind of what is not true, where, 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 where is the lie, we can actually begin to move closer to the truth. And that's something which you've adopted in your own life. That's something which we've adopted in our own lives. You know, having that radar of where is the truth being compromised? Because I know that's the wrong way. I might not know the right way right now, but I know what the wrong way is because, you know, that radar is working. 
You know, it makes me think of Michelangelo when he was, you know, doing the Statue of David. It just started with a block of marble and you just chip away, chip away, chip away. And there is this beautiful work of art. And so similarly in your own life, you chip away at the lie, you chip away at the lie, you chip away at the lie. And then what's left is this authenticity that you many you can only dream of. And then you make it into reality. And it's really incredible. And back to your point, what you were saying before about the individual doing the work, you know, we had this dialogue with Giedra Griffin on our podcast around collectivism and, you know, the idea of the, the, the greater good for the greater number. I'm all about that. I think that I would love people to be happy and healthy and fulfilled and all that. But what's the strategy for going about that? And the strategy is what you were talking about and what we've been talking about is when the individual goes on the hero's journey individuates, knows themselves, loves themselves, finds their purpose, respects themselves, respects others' individual rights, that's what ultimately will create the greater good for the greater number. Not some person with quote-unquote authority within the collective that is telling everyone what to do. Whether it's a family, whether it's a, a government, a nation, etc. That's just not how it operates, in my opinion. And that's where freedom comes into play. Freedom to use your mind, to, to, to use your creative faculties to figure out what the fuck is going on in this world, in your life, for yourself, first and foremost. Then what happens after that is extra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think this kind of leads into, into another thing, which is what I think was severely lacking in, in 2020 if I was to say, okay, what did we really need at that time? It was like, it was, it was leaders who actually had real integrity. You know, we needed leaders who had real integrity, who were capable of going out there and saying, um, no, like, you know, I'm going to say no to this. And people um, could actually see that happening. But I felt like we, we basically had a, a, a massive lack of leaders. There was so few people who you would call a leader um, who stood up during that time. And, you know, I would say that after that time, that something that we're going through now, something that, that's happening in this aftermath, is that we're kind of forging new leaders in the world. And I think a lot of that is coming through people who have had adversity. And, you know, the whole COVID-19 era like was adversity for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, they had to kind of go on that hero's journey. And now they're becoming leaders. You know, uh, like, like you said, it, it's no, if you just have one person who is super altruistic, you might actually end up the result of that might be that someone else doesn't go on the hero's journey that they were, that that's actually going to elevate them. You know, if someone has, is just given something is given, you know, uh, is kind of thrown their bread, breadcrumbs by a quote unquote altruistic person, they might not go on that hero's journey to actually be the next leader. Right. So again, it all comes down to the idea of like, is altruism necessarily the right thing or should we actually just celebrate adversity and like you said, celebrate the hero's journey because that's what's going to create the next kind of epoch of society or the, ne the next um, you know, phase of society where this stuff doesn't happen again, where this stuff yeah. doesn't happen again because you know, people, people have a better, stronger, more integral character. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that there were no leaders because it gave me the opportunity to lead myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the same for, for, for many, many, many people. 
And it's only through adversity, it's only through discomfort that we can actually discover the tools, the faculties, the inner wisdom, the inner power to truly lead ourselves. Like, think about the highly altruistic mother that just constantly cuddles and comforts and provides every single form of nourishment and nurturance to a son even well beyond their formative years. Do you think that individual is ever going to go on a hero's journey? Do you think they're ever going to really feel the, the desire to break away, to walk their own path, to become an individual? They're not because they're given all the comforts which they think are necessary, even if they might come with many ties such as, you know, toxic encroachments of boundaries, resentment, obligation, guilt trips, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what the government's trying to do. It's trying to be the terrible altruistic mother, which is saying, I'm giving you everything you need. You don't need to go anywhere for anything. You don't need to leave the playpen whatsoever. You don't need to discover. There's nothing out there to explore, right? But, you know, this is what you owe me in return. This is what I need in return. And, uh, you know, it's simply time to leave that playpen. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at what's been happening and you look at these uh, so-called leaders, you know, the ones that are making the decisions for the collective, they're wanting you to make certain sacrifices that they're not making. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that sense, like the whole rules for thee, not for me saying. So it's just yeah. when you step back and you think about it rationally and you connect dots and you pay attention, you realize what a scam it is. Yeah. Yeah. And should, should a leader truly rise, you know, that seems perfect, that seems to act in integrity, that seems to be this authentic being and proclaims I am the leader, I would be very, very, very cautious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I think the truly moral person isn't the one that's going to do what Joel said. You know, they're not yeah, going to be yeah. there and say, everyone project onto me. I have the solutions. I have the answers. And this is another thing, too, is that like, yeah, it's great that there's some people out there that, you know, have stepped forward and are inspiring others. But you can't then as an individual get lazy and just be like, oh, well, they're they're there. They, they have the all the answers. They're going to do it. No, you have to take it upon yourself and grow yourself. Because so often we project those qualities onto others that we just haven't developed or we don't have access to. And it's like the question is to be, how do I access these things? How do I step up? How do I grow? How do I evolve? How do I cultivate these abilities to, like Joel said earlier, to lead my own life? Because that's where it starts. Yeah, I, I guess uh, all roads lead back to self-sovereignty, right? You know, in, in, various, in various areas. And, and maybe, maybe self-sovereignty is uh, the true way that you um, create more freedom in the world or whatever. Maybe that is the, the ultimate expression of, I don't, maybe, maybe altruism isn't the right word, but maybe that's what we should be aspiring to be. And actually, in many senses, you could say, well, altruism actually prevents that uh, from happening you know if the government comes in and says oh we're a really altruistic government and we're gonna you know ensure that people have this that and the other thing well if that then prevents people from becoming self-sovereign because they say okay well you know i'm being provided for here like i don't have to provide these things for myself i don't have to elevate myself and and help those around me you might have robbed that person of the opportunity to um to become that person to become that individual that actually is gonna is gonna then not be reliant on other people one day you know, I look at everything that's happened, you know, I guess really in the, the whole fiat empire, you know, ever since, you know, we've been kind of 
you know, devaluing money and all the rest of it. And people have kind of, you know, become dependent on this cheap money, et cetera. We've kind of got to a, to a stage where people don't have much self-sovereignty now. And maybe, maybe everything that happened with COVID made people realize, okay, I can't rely on these governments. I can't rely on these institutions to actually give me what I need. So I'm going to become more self-sovereign now. I'm going to, you know, I know that a lot of people, they're getting into, you know, um, growing their own food, collecting their own water, you know, buying land, all of these kind of things. Maybe that was, that was you know, much needed. And, you know, we've moved away from that artificially. Now people are kind of coming back to those ideas and becoming more self-sovereign and are providing for, the, you know, themselves and, you know, being uh, within their communities, someone who doesn't, doesn't rely on others, who is able, capable of seeing to their own needs. And, you know, I think that's another thing that's happening uh, right now, which otherwise might not have happened. Maybe we just needed this event to, to just kind of like kickstart um, this natural uh, tendency that we should all have towards self-sovereignty. I, I completely agree, man. I think that's, that's, that, that's, that is what's happening. And I think we're still at the very early stages of it. You know, I think we're still at a base level. Um, but I think it's a necessary base level because the roots need to be formed properly. And, uh, you know, again, altruism. Like, if you look at, I'll bring it again back to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's the absolute apex that is, that is self-transcendence, you know? when we give beyond ourselves, that's only when we fulfilled every single human need properly, when we're properly satiated, when we're properly nourished, only then can we truly give to another individual from a place that will really, really, really benefit them. You know, so for so long, we've been trying to do that without forming 95% of the triangle, you know? So I think now that triangle is being formed properly and I think eventually we're going to see a true overflow where, you know, there is the real symptoms and projections of altruism that we truly believe it is can come into fruition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, there's things that have happened in the past. You know, 9-11 was like a really big event and, you know, the, the 2008 financial crash and stuff. We've had these big events previously and... You know, I guess a lot of people at those times, they thought that was going to be the big event that was going to trigger this change in society, that everyone was going to, um, you know, start living differently and operating differently and not trusting institutions, etc. Do you think that this one is is different? Because, I mean, it feels different to me. Um, but obviously, I was, I was younger when those other events happened. Uh, I didn't necessarily have, like, quite the same gauge for it. But this seems different to me. It does seem like a, a real turning point has been met. But I do also just have this a uh, little kind of niggling thing in my mind, just thinking, well, is it different or will everyone just kind of go back to their old ways after a certain amount of time and kind of forget about it and we need to just wait for the next one? You know, is this one different for you guys? Well, I definitely think it's different. I mean, 9-11 for me is what sent me down uh, this journey of, of research and, um, you know, having distrust uh, in the government and official narratives. Uh, also, media was different back then. You know, we, we're living in a very different time technologically now in terms of how we get our information, how we process information, and how fast information can flow. Um, and so, again, discernment comes into play in that regard. Um, and there, there gets to a point where there is, you could say, a tipping point. Now, is there a tipping point on a mass level? No. But there's definitely, you know, a, a tipping point. Um, where more and more people just 
don't take what the media tells them as the truth. They're just like, yeah, okay. Now, whether or not they're doing anything about it, they just kind of go, oh, that's in the background. I'm just going to live my life. But there's a shift that's happening for sure. Um, now, in terms of how that unfolds and how it looks in five years, 10 years, I don't know. There's a lot of things coming along. There's AI, like there's technologies growing at an exponential rate. We don't know what the world is going to look like. But I think because of the massive changes that were happening on a technological level and a cultural level too, I think everything feels different. Everything is heightened as well. Yeah. I think it's, it's different for the individuals who are psychologically primed to receive the lesson and to actually learn from it. And to other individuals, which is still a vast majority, it means absolute jack shit. Okay, so, so you think that it was, it was the, uh, the shelling point for you, but it not, it's not necessarily the, the case for everybody. It's not, it's not necessarily a shelling point for the whole of uh, society. Yeah, no. It's never going to be a mass awakening in my opinion. I don't think there is such a thing as a mass awakening. Oh, okay. Okay, so you think that, you know, some people will kind of like trickle over to, you know, I guess being in alignment with truth and, you know, we'll go on that individual hero's journey through it, but other people, they'll they'll stay and that maybe we just have these waves of of events that will happen over time and... But over time, do we all... do Do we trend towards that? Over time, do we trend towards becoming... Um, I, I guess more elevated in our in our consciousness, or is it, or is it always going to just be a, a certain segment or proportion of society that's there? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know. All I know is that you know, there's one thing where there's more awakening in terms of things happening externally, but again, real awakening is an inner journey uh, to the self, to knowing yourself. So is that going to happen on a mass level? No, it's not. It never has. And I don't think it ever will. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I really like that. I really like that. All right, guys, you, do you, is there anything else you wanted to, to kind of touch on um, before we close off? Is there anything, anything you, know, you wanted to, to go into? Because uh, I've kind of discussed the main things that I wanted to go into. But if there's anything else you want to you want to just riff on then that's good with me i mean we can always talk if there's anything out <laughs> you're interested in you know any questions you want to ask um but no yeah. man i think it's great I, what I, you're doing i no, like so i like the organic flow of everything that we've touched man i think this was a pretty important conversation and i think you know we touched on them on the way that we did for a reason so you know I'm- yeah yeah i agree i agree i mean i mean you know there, there was there's always a couple of uh, of things that I have in the back of my mind, like, oh, maybe I want to kind of like dig into this topic. But sometimes, the, you know, the conversation kind of rounds itself off nicely. And I kind of feel yeah. like I don't want to shoehorn something in that's a bit of a, like, you know, just a bit left field. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's wrap it up um, where it is. This has been like, you know, really awesome. It's been, you know, great getting you guys both on here together. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I said, you've got an awesome podcast. I recommend that everyone check out the podcast. Like it, it's it's really good. Like, you know, you guys are definitely like naturals with the way you interview people and stuff. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to like hearing more from, from the pod and everything, I guess, um, you know, we'll go, uh, maybe we'll go you first, Joel, and then Erasmus. If you want to just, um, you know, let people know, first of all, where they can find you and, you know, like all, all the kind of things you're doing and your, your website and all the rest of it. And then if you can just kind of leave us with a, with a final parting message as well for my audience, that'd be great. But yeah, for me, Thanks, thanks again for coming on. It's been, it's been awesome. And, uh, you know, I look forward to the next time we chat. 
Yeah, man. Johnny, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, you know, I definitely feel as though we share a lot of values and I feel like, a, a, you know, a proper friendship forming here for sure. And dude, I just want to really honor you, man, because, you know, I think you're, you're on a path of growing exponentially as an individual. I think, you know, you, you really grasp these concepts and, you know, you take them to heart and really apply them to yourself as an, as an individual. Um, you know, so it's just awesome to see, man. So thanks for all the work that you're doing as well. Um, people can find me on Instagram at Joel Rafiti and for everything else, pretty much hereforthetruth.com is the home of where you can discover everything about us, what we do, our podcast. You can see the visual component of all our episodes at hereforthetruth.com. We've been banned off YouTube. We're on Spotify and Apple podcasts as well. Um, and last September we launched, a private membership community um, for truth seekers, for people who are looking to be more intentional, more rational, more grounded, more intuitive, and just really connect with the hub of, you know, community. And in that private membership community, we do three calls a month. We do a live teaching presentation. We do a community hangout. And once a month, we bring on a previous podcast guest to actually answer our members' questions. You mentioned Robert Breedlove before. We've got him coming on in July to talk to our members privately. So it's just a really, really awesome hub. If someone's out there yearning for community, because I think that's super important right now, but proper voluntary healthy community, yeah, check out Friends of the Truth. You can find it at hereforthetruth.com or you can go straight to friendsofthetruth.co and discover it there. Um, and in terms of leaving a final parting message, all i got to say really, because I think this is the beginning of it, is there's no guilt and there's no shame associated with the fact that you live. And I think when you truly understand that and, and bring that home and you act and behave as if you truly value your life, as if you truly value your potential as a living human being, we don't know reincarnation is real. We don't know you're going to ever exist again. What we know is that you exist now and you have unique potential, unique dreams which you're never going to be able to completely shove away in the dark crevices of your psyche. So really try to connect with that and take, it doesn't matter how small the actions are, but if you can take small actions daily on that path in unlocking your potential, um, then I think that's the greatest service that you can give to yourself and to the planet if you're that way inclined. Cheers, Joel. Well said, bro. Uh, I don't really have much to say. I mean, you could find me on Instagram at underscore Eurosimos. Uh, I'm not on there too often. I'm trying to lessen my uh, time on devices. Um, Hereforthetruth.com. Again, our, our membership community is great. Telegram community. I love it. We get, in, we get engaged in a whole bunch of different s subjects and conversations within the, the single group. And as far as a, a, a final message, you know, love the truth. Love the process of seeking truth, you know, and what that means for you uh, internally, externally, um, you know, pay attention to what comes up when you're by yourself at night, no one's around right before you go to sleep. You know, what are those parts of you? They're knocking, they're knocking on your consciousness. They're telling you things, you know, pay attention. And, and what can you do to honor yourself truly in a deeper level? Because there are a lot of people out there who, you know, want to be with like-minded community and want that partner that is aligned with them. But if they're not living their truth, if they're not speaking their truth truly, then you're not going to attract that community and that individual. So 
You know, if you're someone again, who's oh, afraid of maybe saying something uh, in your social group or saying something in your family, then, you know, you, the status quo is just going to remain that way for you. You have to step out there. You have to get a little uncomfortable and navigate what's going to come up once you do that. And that's the process. That's the self-development process. That's the hero's journey. You step outside your comfort zone and you deal with things that are different. And maybe you find some teachers along the way. Maybe you don't. Um, you self-reflect more and, you know, you evolve over time. And so, again, for anyone that's drawn to you and, and what you're doing, just keep keep moving forward. Keep feeding your mind taking care of your body too. One thing we didn't talk about too, how important it is to nourish your body and to understand that feeling safe in your body is so important and having a regulated nervous system is so important to keep you from compromising to any lie, to keep you from being conditioned to behave in a certain way because knowing yourself is knowing your whole self, is knowing the subtleties of what each sensation that comes up and discomfort and emotion, why it's there and what's happening and being present to that. It's not just reading books all day and, and repeating what influencers tell you or, the, or your favorite person on Instagram. It's really going inwards and, and healing, you know, healing is so important and that looks different for each person. And so again, I would just, um, Tell everyone to really dive into their healing uh, even more and, and how that looks because that's part of self-sovereignty. You know, trusting yourself, knowing yourself, understanding, you know, why things are happening in your life. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm just grateful to be on here. Um, I second what Joel said. Love what you're doing. Love that you're in Mexico and uh, having these kinds of conversations fuel me. They feed my soul. And, you know, we're all we're all individuals on our own journey, man. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. Um, but I have a desire to keep learning and keep growing. And I, again, I want that for everyone else. Awesome. Final thoughts, guys. Great to meet you. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. For sure. No doubt, man. All the best to you. Thank you, man.